A warning to listeners. This episode includes descriptions of domestic violence. Welcome to Brown Love, the show where we get real about all the things Latinx communities are talking about on your timeline. Brought to you by Netflix and Con Todo. I'm your host, Tasha Polanco. Machismo. Toxic masculinity. We certainly experience our share of it in Latino families. Men are expected to provide for, protect, and defend their family. And they can't be disrespected by no one. But nowadays, there's a real conversation going on about how we as a society can make better men and escape cycles of toxic behavior. This week, I'm joined by J.J. Soria from Netflix's new show, Hentified, and Julio Macias from On My Block. I had a very interesting conversation with them about their experiences with machismo. I'm not going to lie. We went there. It's not an easy topic to discuss, but sometimes pushing through discomfort helps us learn and heal. And honestly, I learned a lot. We kicked the conversation off with Julio revealing his newest project. And hi, Julio. Hola. I love the new haircut. Thank you. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. Why did you cut your hair? Uh, they're doing a wig on me on the show that I'm on right now. So they said, Do And you what wanna... is that show? Selena. Wow. Congratulations. Ooh. Super cool to Ooh, be on raw. it. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> um, let's start by saying where are you from and how do you identify? And we'll start with you and then we'll go to JJ. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm... Julio Macias, born in Mexico City. Uh, I guess I identify as a Chicano now that I live here a lot more in the United States. I did a play called uh, Mexican Trilogy with Jose Luis Valenzuela, and that really showed me that even though I was born in Mexico City and I have a very strong cultural relation to it, but you know, I I speak the language. I you know, when I go back there, I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm home more here in the United States. It just feels. It feels like a warm blanket, you know, and to be able to say Chicano is kind of like a, it, it separates you, and, but it also identifies my experience, you know, uh, not too Mexican, not too American, somewhere in the middle. As far as I know, Chicanos, I mean, I always related it to being from L.A. I mean, that's what I am. I'm born and raised in L.A., El Sereno. El Sereno. El Sereno. <laughs> that's right. All right. So how old are you? I'm 29. I turned 30 on March, in March. Wow. Aries. And when's? I'm 68. You're 68, JJ. <laughs> Looking good for 68. No, yeah, no, wow. I'm, I'm 38. I'm 38. You're 38, JJ. Yeah. JJ, you look great. Brown don't Fantastic. brown, huh? I've been saying that all along. Beige so don't they age, get baby. The point. Beige don't age. <laughs> That's right. Um, and what are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing pants, some shoes, and a button-up shirt. Yeah, but so, who are you wearing? <laughs> I think this is a Ted Baker shirt. So, Julio, you're wearing a Ted Baker shirt and yeah, pants. And pants. Okay. And JJ, who are you wearing? You know what? I was not given that information, so I do not know. I'll just be straight up honest with you. Uh, but it, I do like it. What it's color very flattering. is it? Huh? It's blue. There's some <laughs> blue trim in it and the blue shoes. And when did you realize you were hot, Julio? Uh, right this this moment, right now, I oh. suppose. <laughs> That's awkward. Um, I'll answer uh, this one. I've been hot. JJ, <laughs> When did you realize you were hot? I've kind of known all my life. Oh, I'm great. Yeah. I mean, my mom, my mom raised me to have confidence. Wow. So. We see where we are here, right? Yeah. We're aware that we're hot. We're not aware that we're hot. Okay. Yeah. I just did a little exercise with you guys as to what women are asked on a daily basis. Basically, this is what we're asked, right? How old we are, who are we wearing? And we're like, but why, right? What was mm -hmm. your experience with that? 
Yeah, uh, uncomfortable. Right? It was real uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, especially when you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, um, I thought that it was necessary to show that example and speak about how acting and machismo are affecting one another, especially with the roles that you guys are playing. And I wanted to start today by asking both of you, what is your definition of macho? And we'll start with you, Julio. Uh, it's kind of evolved at first. It's, it seemed like a positive term just cause I was around it so much with my uncles and my, it didn't seem like a negative thing. It was just like, just be a man, stand up, you know, hold your own. The older that I got, it turned into like this excuse to sort of like, Oh, if he's the breadwinner, he can also be an asshole. You know, uh, if this guy can, is protecting me, then he can go out and pretty much just say and do whatever he wants because I'm feeling protected. So, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's changing for me. It used to be like a very like uh, yeah, like a Superman chest, and now it's kind of like a not so much Superman chest. Okay. Thing. And for you, what's the definition of macho, JJ? Uh, it's just I think there's strength in being and having some machismo. I guess obviously, obviously, won't be a jerk, but uh, it's okay. There's no right or right. Yeah, answer, yeah. You I, know? I'm trying to think. For of me, it. Macho was Macho Man growing up. Give me a slender Macho oh, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's strong. You know, I was a little tomboy, but whatever. Um, Julio, how did you get into acting? Uh, my dad and grandfather did dubbing in Mexico. So I grew up watching a lot of actors do voiceover for TVs and movies into Spanish. And I always thought that was interesting that you could create a character with just your voice. Yeah. And then that kind of followed me all through life and I did little things here and there. And it wasn't until high school where I was just like, I can make a living out of this if I really dedicate myself. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And uh, yeah, I started studying and, you know. What was your first thing that you booked? Do you remember? Uh, Cricket wireless commercial, I think. It what? Was. Yeah, <laughs> that was the very first thing they booked. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. That's like a national commercial. Yeah. And then a... The second one was funny because I got uh, for the Heart Association and I said that I played soccer. And then I don't lie on your resume because, you know, the director, yeah, the director was so mad at me. He was just like shooting, like, I need you to hit in the left corner. I'm like, I can kick it. It's like in the left corner. You say you play soccer. It's like, I mean, I play soccer, but I don't play soccer. (laughs) Guys, don't lie on your resume, please. (laughs) Yeah, don't do it. Do you regret doing that ever? I mean, now I know not to lie on my resume. So. <laughs> but I got paid. But I got paid for that one. Um, JJ, what about you? How did you get started? Uh, long story short, I grew up wanting to be a professional athlete. That dream fell. And what, what sport? Originally, I wanted to play baseball. Baseball really? and, and fighting seems to be something I'm really passionate about, too. So, uh I'm kind of looking back and I've been like, I probably would have been a fighter. Cause actually my grandfather was a professional fighter would always have his license taken away out in the street for fighting in the street. But what type of fighter? Boxing, boxing. But now mm-hmm. I'm more into MMA and all that. Yeah. So put it out there. So in case awesome. there's a role for fighting, yeah, there's a role, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you got to put it out there. Yeah. All right. Put it cool. out there. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely down for athletic roles. No. So, um, yeah, took a class in college cause I needed some units. And they said, painting, drawing, or theater. And I said, painting sounds boring. Drawing, I can't do to save my life. So let's just try a theater class. But my approach is always how you do anything is how you do everything. So I sat up front and I paid attention and I listened to what acting was about, creating characters and telling story. And I said, wow, my grandma used to always tell me stories growing up. I used to always love stories. I can make a living telling stories. 
shit, I'm an actor. If I just put forth the same work ethic that I did towards athleticism, towards this, I'll figure the rest out. And I've been very fortunate to be able to make it work because there are a lot of people out there that put a lot of effort and put everything into it and they don't have the success that I've had. So um, I'm very grateful. And what was your first role? My first role? Oh, shoot. My first, the thing that made me sag was uh, a Levi commercial. God, you guys, that's amazing to have that as your first thing. Yeah. Look at cool. that. You were bottling your jeans? I, I just, I played a part, man. I played a part. <laughs> I, had, I had the right look. And, and you had the right booty for the jeans. You know, it, it, and it worked out. It worked That's out. That's amazing. All right, well, I want to hear um, a little bit about your characters that you've played on Netflix. And we're going to start with you, Julio, and talk about Spooky and a little bit about him and how machismo is related to him. Uh, so Spooky is the... Big bad of uh, on my block. Essentially, he um, he runs the Santos, um, you know, and he kind of makes money a certain way, but also keeps the neighborhood protected and you know safe at least for his own community. Pressures of the privileged. Privileged. I live in a house with bars on the window. With two parents inside and the college future waiting outside. Don't whine to me about your mom. No one took care of me and Caesar when my mom was out there. I didn't mean to. Be ungrateful? I get that you got shot, but why do you think no one came to finish the job, huh? Because of me. And think about how fast that truce happened. Me, again. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah, there's a lot of things you don't know. Like what it's like to walk into a job interview with a record. You think Walmart's going to hire someone with two strikes? See, I wouldn't work there. They have poor employee satisfaction. I ain't joking. This shit's real. That's the kind of stuff that makes a man snap. I mean, machismo is just spray painted all over him. It's how he saw, you know, other people survive. And he, you know, once the parents were gone, uh, it was just him and his little brother. And he, something came over him where he just had to take over and he had to protect this little, but he's a kid himself. So what do you do? You toughen up. I was just about to say that, like, we talked about what is machismo and everything. Now, thinking back on it, a, a lot of guys who were actually sensitive were a macho because they're using that front to mask their vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, hey, what's up, fool? What's up? You know, like, you get you get all you get all hard because, and in, in, on the inside, you're just like a Oreo. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're like hard on the outside, but soft on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like the spooky was wanted to be a cook, you know, growing up when he was still like sheltered by his parents or, you know, semi sheltered by his parents. When he left, he's just like, well, that's out, you know, and he just goes in and you see like little bits and pieces where he softens up. But immediately when sun goes down, boom, right back up. Um, and it's almost like a like it's a second nature that he just throws that wall up constantly. So. Yeah, machismo, if look it up and it's spooky. <laughs> it's like spooky. Yeah. Definitely. It's just a picture. It's just a picture. Yeah, yeah spooky. Great. <laughs> and for you, JJ, because I know that you're now um, playing the role of Eric on Hentify. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about Eric. He is a high school dropout, but educated on his own by going to the library, reading books, helps his grandfather run his uh, taco shop. Uh, Mama Phoenix has been there for 30 years, uh, over 30 years, so it's a staple of the community. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm helping out the family, right? Family first. Yo, fool. What's going on with the shop's eviction notice? Chill, Premita. Pops cash Chris's check. Cover the back rent. Give us some time. Besides, Rob can't just kick us out like that. We got rights, I think. Oh, okay. So, uh, so you follow up with Jessica on that? 
Cause she did offer to help, so you don't walk around with your fist in the air saying shit like, we got rights, I think. Call Jessica Gordo. Anna, I'm a man, okay? I'm a grown ass man with the plan. Okay. I don't need your little ass girlfriend. I got this. His priority is to be there for his grandfather, be mm-hmm. it for the family. And he has a baby on the way. So he's uh, trying to balance out his family. Uh, the family he has at the, at the restaurant, the family he's creating, uh-huh. he's trying to figure out how to, how to balance both and give both the same amount of energy and commitment. So how is machismo... How does, Related to that? Yeah. How, um, do, how, how is he affected by that? Is he macho? Is he not? I would say I would say he he is, but it's not. It's not what you see. You see his his moments of machismo are like when he's working through it on his own. Mm. Does that make any sense? Like yeah. there's moments in the show where you see him trying to trying to battle that and work through it. He's connected to his his baby mama and, and how what she's going through and decisions that she has to make in her life. Um, in relationships. Yeah, in their relationships. Excuse me, excuse me, Lydia Solis, 36 weeks pregnant, contractions are 10 minutes apart. She's allergic to penicillin, nuts, and toxic masculinity. You really scared. Hey, 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 hey. Listen to me. Our baby is a badass, all right? She's gonna be okay. And I got you, always, all right? All right? He's familiar with toxic masculinity and so he's aware of his own. So I, just, I think being aware is, is the big Interesting. difference. So we see a contrast between your character and your character because even though he's affiliated, what are the things that you feel that describe him as macho for spooky. Uh, yeah, he asserts physical dominance. Uh, he uses language to intimidate and, you know, demean everyone around him so that he is very much the alpha male in any room, or he tries to be. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that he very much, he he knows that it's a weapon. He knows that it's a very strong, powerful weapon if you use it, um, and he uses it. <laughs> he uses it. Do you think this is a learned behavior or something that people are born with it? Learned. Learned. Yeah. You know, we're all actors here and we know that when we play a role, at times it affects our outside life, right? Do these characters affect you, whether they're positive or negative? Do you learn from the character? For example, for you, apparently he's the opposite, right? Of like what Macho is. He's more of like, he's, sens- inter- he's more sensitive. He's But he's definitely, I think he's he's respected amongst the cholos and stuff out in the streets so where like I can carry myself around those groups but at the same time like I say he's aware of his sensitive side and, and those feelings as well so does that impact your work outside like or your daily life outside I am that or? guy I am both a machismo and a sensitive guy I mean me playing Eric is JJ as that that's how I act I don't or how I I just play for real so for you it's it's been something more of the experience of both mm-hmm. throughout and for you, Julio? So, uh, growing up with my mom and my sister, it was a very, like, feminine energy, I suppose, in the, in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I always learned how to be, whether it's right or wrong, I, I always kind of gave everyone the word first and, you know, kept myself for a second and, you know, a lot of please and thank you. That's also a very Mexican thing where we say, disculpe, like, you know, 
part uh-huh. of me is like, why are you apologizing? I'm just telling you something, you know? <laughs> uh, and Spooky really just gave me sort of a, a different attitude and confidence of sometimes you just need to be firm. You, you can you can be firm without being disrespectful. You know, that was something that I didn't know. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily like a toxic thing. It's more so you learned how to kind of like find a medium, a balance of, of, conf- yeah. of confidence, right? Where you still hold your values, but you still kind of like withdrew that sense of it's okay to be stern at times and not necessarily mean that you're macho when, you, when yeah. you're stern at things. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Let's talk about a little bit about machismo in your lives. And for both of you, I want you to talk about a little of your experience within your family growing up and the role you took. And we could start with you, JJ, because I feel like... What do you, what do you got? What do you feel? I don't feel? know. What I, do I don't you feel? Assume. Tell me what you I feel. I don't assume. I don't assume. But I want, I want to hear a little bit more oh, you about... you assume. That. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> what? I want to hear a little bit about were toxic men a part of your upbringing? It's, hmm, how do I answer that question? I mean, I come from, look, we're going to get right into it. Yeah. My, 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 Open my father, this is safe, right? well, this it is, is what it is. My father hit my mother and I seen it happen when I was younger. My birth father used to hit my mother. And, uh, one time that I did, and I adored my father, my, my father was, Ah. And when, and at a very young age, I was like four years old. And it, it's actually crazy that I, I remember when I seen him hit her. That, that's how impactful that moment was. Uh, I just, I wanted no relation to him after that moment. Um, it, so it, it played a big part even to me, I guess, even to me this day. Uh, I think maybe a part, I've even thought about how, how does, how does that affect me in, in relationships? Do I have that in me? Yeah, is that is that a part of me? And who I, I don't want ever to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so it's I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, do you not speak to your father? No, I haven't seen my I haven't seen my father since I was 18, and I hadn't seen him before that since I was five. And I haven't and I haven't seen him since. Have you forgiven your father? Well, you saw how I acted when you asked me that, right? I went, Ugh. so there, there's something. I definitely feel some type of way. No, I mean, my if mother. you if you if you tell me that you didn't want to see your father after that, from the point that you witnessed that then it makes sense that you felt some kind of emotion and yeah. not a happy emotion yeah. um, when you adored him once to the extreme of not wanting to see him. Mm-hmm. Do you have resentment towards your father? I do not know. That's the honest answer. When we speak about things about machismo and in our Latin community, you know, violence in the household is not only physical, it's also verbal. Mm-hmm. It could also be the behavior, uh, mental so um, I wanted to speak a little about uh, violence and how um, it has influenced you both, right? And I hear your experience with that, JJ. And I want to hear a little bit about that with you, Hulu, if you've ever witnessed yeah. that or have had any type of... Uh, physical violence, no. But I was aware of microaggressions everywhere from, you know, my father to my mother or even my grandfather to my mother and his wife where it was just like these little quips that kind of short-ended the female narrative all growing up. At least that's how I perceived it. 
so moving on, I mean, I, I sometimes fall into it, you know, I'll have a conversation or we'll be in a, in a table and then Shannon will be speaking. And then I suddenly just start blurting out while she's in the middle of the conversation. And like, she'll remind me later, like, Hey, you, you did it again. Mm. But blurring out like how? I think it's because I speak for her. She feels like I speak. For, so oh. a shared experience is now what we were, well, what happened was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's I not, see. That's something different. So I, after she says a story, you'll, you'll. I'll redact it or I'll jump on it. And this I'll will change. really happen. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I noticed those little things. It's not your, it's the, you, you don't, you don't claim it as your perspective. You claim it as the perspective. As uh, the narrative. As the narrative. Of, yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of it wow. being her and then me and how we saw it differently. I was like, no, this, this is how it was. Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of annoying. Yeah. I'm learning about myself through this conversation. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm doing that. Mike, we're going off topic here, but like I've never no. understood the the big like f the feminine movement right now because I was always raised by a strong woman. Like the strong figure in my house was my mother. So that's I mean, and she taught me she would she would teach me to be tough and be strong and be sensitive at the same time. That's amazing. And for you, Julio, growing up, the role you took in your household, that you grew up in an all-female yeah. household? Well, no, no. My dad was very much in the picture. He's just always in business. So he was all out of the house constantly. Uh, I remember really when we all moved here to the United States, that's when I kind of remember my dad really fitting into the picture and being very present. I think for me, it was more when I started growing up and, you know, hanging out like what you call locker talk or guy talk and stuff like that, mm -hmm. it does happen. And it, and it is just a normal conversation sometimes. It doesn't always have to be this um, degrading thing. It's just guys talking with guys, right? And um, what I did notice, though, that the conversations that I would have with my friends were very varied from the ones that I would have with, like, my primos or my tios or my tios mm -hmm. would have with each other, right? Where it it was very, like blatant the views that they had and these are, again these are good people these aren't like you know assholes that are walking around just like thinking constantly like screw women you know but <laughs> but they they do say a lot of things you know um like um it's not a crime to see to watch like if a, a woman passes by and it's like oh me pants papa no it's it's not a crime to watch i'm not doing anything i'm just checking out you know and that was something that I saw very differently when my mom kind of like talked about it. And she's just like, do you think your sister, like you think you want people think about your sister? I was like, no, no. But at the same time, like, you know, my sister did like attention, you know? So it's so interesting it's because it's a constant, as I hear you guys speak and my experience as a woman with machismo and how I feel about it, it's like, we know, we know being macho is and machismo, we know what it is, but what is our experience with it? It can be different, right? For me, machismo is within a household. For me, it's when there's no equality amongst the two individuals, right? Okay. There's a partnership and there should be an egalitarian relationship where it's 50-50. Yeah. There's no superiority. There's no sense of like, I, I, you do as I say, it doesn't work that way. No, like no. if- it's okay for us to cook and you wash the dishes or vice or rolls, roll switch. It's okay for you to feel like I need to cry about this. It's okay for you to be sensitive. It's okay. Like, I feel like the freedom of expression should be equal. Period. Period. Like, 
whether you're a man or a woman, it's okay for you to go out there and feel like, I want to, like, I, I don't like that. I you feel know, like one thing that, that for sure was very like that right now, just cut you off. Um, but that's something that I saw very much in, in, in Mexico where it was my parents, they very much decide the things equally. And I saw that, mm -hmm. but a lot of times I remember the last word or the decision, like everyone's talking about something and then the man makes a decision or like, we're all ready to go. Everybody's ready to go. But it's not until the man says that we're ready to go, that everybody gets up and they're ready to go. So that was just something that I noticed when I will go back over there that doesn't happen. I mean, it happens here, but not as prevalently. Yeah. So when I was growing up around it, I didn't think of it as like a thing until later, until like I, I went back and I still see it. I'm learning as well here with you guys to hear like the different perspectives of this topic. I wanted to talk about how do you feel in a space when you have to be vulnerable? Because I have issues with vulnerability and I'm a woman. Okay. I can take that one. That one I got. I want, I want you right. both to take it so you can start, JJ. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I, I'll start with that one. Okay. <laughs> um, I've realized just being vulnerable in a character is easy for me because I do it in life. I'm open and honest. I, I don't, you could judge me. It's fine. You know, um, I'm okay with that because I know who I am. Right. So the more honest you are with yourself about who you are and, and your flaws and what shortcomings and whatnot, being vulnerable is easier. That's been my experience. Because for me, vulnerability is is when I feel vulnerable, I feel weak. It's like, I cannot be vulnerable. This is so uncomfortable. I got to go out of here. I got to go somewhere else. You know, for me, it's always like I have to be protected. I feel most comfortable when I'm strong, when it's not like, I can't tell somebody I need help. You know what I mean? Like me? Hell no. I do my <laughs> own thing. I'm independent. You know, and at, that, at times, if I'm learning now that it's okay at times to be like, yes, please. Well, you know what that is? That's your ego. You think right? it's ego? Yeah, yeah. When it's your ego trying to protect itself. Ego isn't a bad word. Ego, it's like we all have an ego. Yes. It's a matter of having a balanced ego or mm -hmm. a, a solid ego. I want to say strong ego, but like a, a balance. Just yeah. The, yeah. When you're able to withdraw from both, yes. I have to agree with you, you with that. I never thought about that's interesting. So I challenge myself whenever I feel, let's say, when my machismo may kick in. And let's say a woman telling me something about myself, saying I'm sensitive or something. I'm like, yeah, you know, fucking, I ain't sensitive. <laughs> and I check, but I go, no, 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 let's check in. Let's check in. Maybe, maybe she's right. Maybe you are coming from a place of this and that. And I'll make sure that I'll address it because I, I want to understand. Right? I seek understanding. And then let's say she's right. I'll be like, you know what? You're right. That's me. That was triggered by some part of me that you know I'll be vulnerable and open about whatever that is. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. it makes right. perfect Definitely. sense. And for you, Julio? Uh, it's kind of like you, but instead of acting strong, I just act kind of chill or whatever. So my my life in general is very much take a back step, assess the situation, and then do what I got to do. I give everything on stage or on the camera because I then at those moments, I allow that person, me, to really feel all those emotions that sometimes I'm just kind of like, nah, I'm good right now. <laughs> You're like, all right. Yeah. I'll use the stage. I use the stage as well for my vulnerability. In front of cameras when I could like play with the vulnerability because they don't know it's me. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a way to protect it. It's time for some brown love.
Can we all just do it one time? Yeah. One, two, three. Brown, Brown love. <laughs> and JJ, you might recognize it because it's a podcast on Hentified and it's mm-hmm. two Chicanas from the LA area talk about life and the love in the Latinx community. And we thought we ask you a little bit about your love lives. Well, Are you I down? Woo! <laughs> 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 okay. Um. See, you're a lover. You're a lover lover. Okay, let's go. Well, <laughs> what's your <laughs> what's your relationship status, Julio? Uh, married. You're married. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you, JJ? I'm very happily single. Okay. Um, yes, and I I enjoy my time. You enjoy your time. I enjoy well, my time being single. Okay. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to hear something like, you know, a little. Little hot stuff like DM slides. I want to hear about your DM slides. You want to hear about my DM slides? They're fun. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> They're fun. They're very fun. And they haven't even begun. I know. <laughs> Anything you can say? Um, What can I say? What can I say? What do you want to hear? I want to know just one. One experience with a DM slide. I uh, There's been a female so uh, interested in sharing a piece of life with me that they've flown from uh, other parts of the world on their own dime. Really? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. That's like impressive. I, I thought mean, you was going to tell me, oh, they like flash me. I'm like, all right, well, we get that all the no, time. No, no, no. I just had a girl recently fly from Sweden to come see me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. <laughs> I guess JJ's on that. Uh, He got that, that special stuff. Well, huh? you, know what, you know what I have is I have transparency. I have honesty. I have confidence. Okay. What about you, Julio? For you that you have a serious relationship, I wanted you to tell me a 30-second love story, whether it's like the first kiss, something cute, something cinematic, it doesn't matter. 30. Come on, Julio. Your wife is listening to us. Uh, Get some points. Get some. 30 seconds. I, uh, uh, we were in Colorado and it was really cold and I thought I had ass cancer and I went to the doctor and I was freaking out and I was worried serious? about it. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, there's something there. And then they checked it and it ended up just being a hernia. But Thank I goodness. told my wife that I love her so much and I asked her to marry me because I didn't want to die without marrying her. Oh shit. Wow. You're going to get some, re- you're going to get an ass massage when you get home. <laughs> wow. Get your prostate check guys. Right now, let's let's get a little serious here when it comes to romance and love and brown love and what it is. Growing up, what was it for you? And in comparison from your parents, whatever your situation is, Julio, now compare it for me. I want to hear a little bit about the difference with that. Uh, Cool. Yeah. Uh, So uh, my wife is white, uh, Shannon Schotter. And it's interesting because it really never it never came up. There wasn't ever a conversation my parents, you know, like my grandmother sometimes like, when's she going to learn Spanish? She's like, whenever she wants to learn Spanish, it's, you know, it's on her, you know. Uh, but besides that, my, my parents really just embraced her. There wasn't ever like, a, would you want to date like a Mexicana or something? It was just whatever, you know. Uh, and then same for, for her. You know, she's the youngest of seven daughters. So by the time that, you know, I came along, the parents were like, yeah, you're tight. You're good. Um, yeah. Did they actually do that? Yeah. Did they actually like, give you a high, high five? fives? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much it. I never. But how was their love relationship versus your love relationship? Like what you witnessed with them? Um, 
So me and my wife are friends, but we're not best friends. You know, like she has her best friend. I have my best friend and we're each other's partners. We love each other, but my parents are best friends. What? Like I, they grew up together. You know, they were friends in, in elementary school. Stop. Separated. And then they got married when they were much older. Um, so their relationship is just like super friendly and super buddy. And again, I can spend days with, with my wife talking and stuff like that, but it's, it's different. It's, it's a lot more amorous me and my wife like we're very like touchy feely you know affectionate affectionate and my parents are they're affectionate in their own way but they can go off and they argue like best friends so that's (laughs) copy that's pretty amazing yeah that's a beautiful thing I think that it would be healthy for me and the balance that I need to find in my household is that there's an equal thing because I want to tell you something I like my door being held I like for you to open my door I like to feel that I'm with a man and that means a man for me is like we are both mentally and emotionally expressive and we have both respect each other and we have equality to do what we want to do within the limits, right? Within respect to one another. Like I'm okay being independent and also having a man that wants to carry my bags. And there's times that I could say, let me help you. See, okay, let's talk about That's that. That's a new balance that you gotta <laughs> yeah. find. Cause it's between, it's like opening the door and some people will be happy at you. And it's like, I can get my own door. I wasn't doing it cause I didn't think you could get Sorry. Some people are very resistant. Don't Some people be sorry. are. are Don't be and sorry. you know what? That's when we speak about sensitivity and what you're speaking uh-huh. about. I think there's a point where finding yin and yang. You need the yin, you need the yeah. yang. Yeah. You can't just have yin. You can you can't be out there and being like, I'm super sensitive because it's a it's a tough world out there. They will swallow you alive. You have to find a balance where you're like, hey, I have some empathy for you, but I also have my beliefs and this is what I believe. And as long as I'm respecting you and you respect me, we're cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not a hard spoken person. You know, again, I'm very much like, yeah. well, let's figure this out. Um, and I think that with my wife, I have a very equal thing, but it's been, ha- it happened the other day where it was just, she's like, I need you to call these guys and I need you to be stern, Julio. And I need you to talk to them because no matter how many times I call them, they're not getting this shit done. I need you to you do gotta it. You got to be a man, honey. So I step up and I do it and I hang up and there's like, yeah, we'll be there at three. And I hang, I hang up and I'm like, I, oh, I feel like shit for you doing that. You went spooky that. on him? I went spooky on Damn. him. And, you know, when Julio's spooky on him. <laughs> but, uh, but that's strange because it's like, for me, I'm like, you, you had it, you had it handled. But she's like, I thought I had it handled. The world doesn't think that I have it handled. And now you got to step in and do that and do this thing. Like now the angry man calls, right? And now things get done, right? I don't know. It's so funny because in the relationships that I've been, I'm the one that calls because I grew up, my mom didn't know a lot of English. So since I was little, I had to call for her and do everything, which I hated at the time. And I'm like, I'm so glad (laughs) that she did that to me because now I know how to call and do what I got to do. You know what I mean? So now in my previous relationships, I'm like, just give me the phone. Just give me the damn phone. I need, you know what I mean? (laughs) I handle it. Like, I'm like, this is how you do it. I remember my mom having those conversations. I was having a conversation with her about those conversations back and go, mom, you used to get a bunch of free stuff or like get things like credits or whatever because <laughs> she'd get on the phone and be like, da, 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 da. but she was stern about what she wanted and, and she had that voice. So in regards to- Finding the balance. Yeah, finding the balance. I feel like I'm, I've been in situations where I feel some type of way. Where, like I have no problem opening the door and doing things like that. If it's happening organic 
but and if if I'm gonna do that, I expect I expect you to open up the door for me on the other side too. Like open it. It's about compromise. I'm about I am about equality. I think women should get paid just as much as men. I, I think like women for me, if you have a whole bunch of boxes, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit here stand well open the door for me. I think that that's <laughs> ridiculous. Like. Mm-hmm. Like you carrying all my damn bags. Obviously, I'm gonna open the door for you. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's not about being one way to the extreme. It's about finding what makes you feel most comfortable with, as long as you have clear communication and there's true equality with whatever that means. Then I respect your situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. so nice talking to you guys first of all Likewise. amazing very proud of you wish you the best proud of you too it's been amazing to talk to you both and I wanted to end it by doing a brindis and by you guys sending one wish or an affirmation to our Latin community I'll give you the honors Mr. JJ if you could open that up and pour it out arriba, para abajo, para centro, para well, wait, wait, ladies first right? okay I oh, like shit. that well, thank you tell me something right <laughs> thank you very much good to us to our people that we keep growing and learning that we uh stay together and we stay respectful to staying together to growing and learning there we go thank you thank you that's yummy this show was produced by netflix and con todo in partnership with futuro studios if you like what you heard be sure to rate and subscribe on itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow at Con Todo Netflix on Instagram and Twitter for all things Latin excellence on Netflix. Join me next week for an episode about self-care and finding your magic. I've been your host, Dasha Polanco. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Brown love. Brown love. No, brown love. Brown love. Brown love. No, brown love.